0: Hello and welcome to the HRD Live podcast. This week, I was joined by Ollie Britnell, Global Head of Workforce Analytics, HR Technology and HR Strategy at Experian. Ollie and I discussed the use of predictive workforce analytics as a powerful tool in the HR toolbox and how a tool Experian built themselves transformed their organization. Enjoy. Ollie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, first of all, then, how do you think the use of data and tech is helping companies to hire in a more competitive market?
1: I think data and technology is, is representing a huge opportunity for HR um, in terms of attracting the right talent into the organisation. Um, I think the world of work at the moment is is changing at a huge pace, um, therefore the skills that are needed are transforming hugely, mm-hmm. therefore tech in terms of identifying and getting the right talent in is, is a huge um, opportunity and also the whole analytics stuff enables organisations to be much more proactive in terms of what they're doing.
0: Of course, it it seems like in every aspect now of business as well, this kind of thing is becoming more and more prevalent and more and more important. that you can't really ignore it anymore. But but you developed um, a predictive workforce analytics solution. Your sales, rate. so how did that? Come about, and um, what, what was the upshot of that? What were, you, what were you trying to achieve?
1: Sure. So what we what we set out to do was experience as an organisation is obviously a data analytics mm-hmm. company itself, so it's a good place to be to in, in this area. <laughs> um, but what we what we had to effectively was a business challenge in terms of attrition. So we were losing far more people than we wanted to. Our attrition rate was probably about four percent higher than what we wanted it to be. We estimated that that was probably costing us um, for every one percent it was probably costing us about $3 million um, in Thank terms you. of cost savings, so <laughs> significant impact. Yeah. Um, and therefore, clearly, that was impacting what the organization was able to do from a growth and, and innovation perspective. So that kind of gave us the real business challenge um, to, to kind of focus the analytics around. Um, and then what we did was work with our, um, some of our data science colleagues within the organization um, to actually build out a predictive model. Um, around who is gonna leave the organization and and therefore take action from it. So what was the experience like in putting that together? Was it
0: something that you found fairly easy to achieve? Were there a lot of challenges involved?
1: I'd say lots of lots of challenges love to say it was it was dead straightforward but no lots lots of challenges I think um it was obviously the first time my my team were were looking to build a predictive model um there's a lot of organizations out there who have sort of tried and 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 done similar things but what we what we really wanted to focus on was make sure that the outcome was very actionable, so right. what we've kind of seen with other organizations or other products kind of that are out there are that it might tell you who's gonna leave, but doesn't actually give you much insight in terms of how can you retain those individuals or, or what can you actually do. So we kind of set out with that objective to be really clear in terms of we wanted it we wanted our business partners and, and our wider business leaders to be able to actually have some levers to pull mm-hmm. from from the out outset. Um, but what we what we did to actually build it was we, we actually took the same methodology that we use for our credit risk scoring part of the organization. So you may be familiar with some of the adverts that are on TV of the, <laughs> the 999 credit score from Experian. Um, effectively taking that exact same methodology but rather than saying you're going to default on your mortgage or, or your credit card through that score you're going to leave the organisation um, and rather than financial yeah. data going in it's people data going into that model so if you have a high score you're more likely to leave the business if you've got a lower score you're obviously less likely to leave so um, we're kind of we're able to build it on that robust basis um, and then what we've also been able to do is, is kind of pull out some of the um the key levers in terms of what's actually driving that headline score as well so things like um if you had multiple supervisors in the last 6 months for example been on certain amount of training live in different parts of the um the country um and wider demographics as well so it's given us a real rich insight in terms of what's happening
0: So, how much data are you drawing on for this? Is is it huge swathes of data, or are you just picking kind of key points and saying, okay, this is where we think, this is how we can measure the attrition uh, potential here?
1: Yeah, it, it kind of, I guess it starts with huge swathes. So where we started with it was, we, we effectively looked to capture as much data as we, possi- as, we, as we possibly could across the whole population. So what goes into the model at the start was around about kind of 200 different attributes at an employee level, so quite a lot. Mm. Um, but through the the actual process of building that model, we refine that down to about 15 or 20 characteristics, which are actually the predictive ones in terms of either high predictive, um, based on attrition or actually factors that retain people overall as well. So um, we kind of refine it down to a much smaller number, which one clearly makes it much more manageable to actually track moving forward, but also again to the kind of objective of making it actionable. It actually gives people real clarity of well, what are the ten or fifteen things that potentially I can influence, or we can use as levers to help retain individuals.
0: So, what's the impact been then as a result of that in your organisation? Now that you have that available to you, um, what's the upshot been so far?
1: So, so far, so we we started this probably probably three years ago now, um, and we piloted it initially within our UK organisation, um, but over quite quickly off the back of that we we built equivalent models across the whole population and effectively what we've seen at the headline level is attrition reduce so we're down by about three and a half percent globally so we were at about 15 percent we're now trending somewhere around kind of 11 12 percent so from a cost benefit perspective we estimate about 14 million dollars worth of savings so a fairly chunky Ooh. number <laughs> um, as I keep saying to my boss I, I obviously take full responsibility for that full cost saving yeah, um, but I think it's fair to say clearly the tool hasn't delivered all of that it, it's been more a, a tool in the toolkit for us as a HR function to be much more kind of dra- data-driven in terms of what we're trying to do um, across the organisation. So, kind of that's the headline benefit. Clearly, is it's reduced attrition. Um, but what we've actually started to see is that it's we're, we're now using it as part of our wider kind of people processes as well. So. We're sort of weaving it into things like diversity for example so that's a challenge for us as an organisation particularly gender diversity at the senior level and we're now using the predictive tool to help us retain top female talent within the organisation by being able to identify where we have high risk and put defence plans effectively in place to say well how can we keep those individuals retain them and be again kind of much more proactive in terms of what we're doing so we're kind of starting to see how we're it's not just an attrition predictive tool it's actually a tool for us as a function to use in a number of different guises.
0: And when you say you you have these defences I suppose in place to try and keep people retain them in the organization is this something which is fairly ad hoc you think for this individual we can we can shape something here to keep them here or or is it more uh, you have a general kind of response in something like dni to to keep people in place
1: yeah it's It is a little bit of kind of horses for courses in in, in terms of it depends. Um, So so in some instances, it could be a very tailored individual kind of retention plan. Um, But what we've also seen and and what the the tools kind of enabled us to to do is, I guess, identify some of the macro factors that are maybe influencing particular teams or particular demographics within the workforce. And we can take slightly more macro interventions or, or actions to actually retain them um a good example of that is um within our call center operations that we have we've got a big call center operation up in Nottingham um and um it's a, it's a fairly competitive job environment in terms of there's probably four or five call centers all within the space of a square mile up there and people will move for a relatively small amount of of, um, salary change effectively. But what we're able to identify through um, some of the analytics was actually there are some factors around some of the wider benefits people were receiving or or not necessarily receiving. So things around um, maternity, paternity, some of the flex benefits that we have um, and access to our share save scheme was actually quite impactful in terms of retaining individuals so in that instance we were able to actually change some of the things that we were doing in that space to actually um, tackle sort of a wider population as opposed to it just being at an individual level
0: why do you think now that predictive uh, workforce tools like this are so crucial to hr looking forward I suppose but like what what is it about them that's so important now and why should HR leaders be thinking oh I really need to sort this out
1: yeah I think I think it kind of goes back to the the old challenge that hr's always had of of being at the the top table potentially in terms of finance traditionally has always kind of had the the decision on the numbers and and hr probably hasn't been seen as a numbers business um or a numbers function um but i think that mindset is changing um and certainly i've seen through the last kind of 10 15 years in this space that um i think chief execs and and FDs are recognising clearly people costs are typically the biggest cost an organisation has so having far better insight around what is happening to that population, what are the trends, what are the insights is becoming more and more important Um, and I think over the last certainly four or five years, I think people are latching onto that and which has obviously grown the the sort of trend around it. I think the whole area of predictive, I, I think it's not necessarily predictive is the answer. I think there are bits or solutions that... Will solve certain elements but I think it's more having that kind of data driven insight culture within HR is what is really critical um, and kind of HR business partners HR directors seeing data and insight as a core part of the role as opposed to a kind of nice to have or mm. something that's off the side of their desk. A um, kind of strategic thing as well it, it gives yeah. you
0: stronger sway I suppose in making those
1: decisions. Well it does exactly like even the, the, the example on the attrition side like just simply being able to to quantify, well, one percent of attrition costs us three million dollars, is 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 <laughs> is a is a nice fact to be able to throw out there, um, mm-hmm. and it's probably quite a conservative number as well. But I think um, the more HR can kind of talk in that more commercial language, business-driven kind of data, um, I think one gives it credibility, but also enables the kind of real impact and and and, and outputs to actually drive bottom line results as opposed to being seen as a, a, a warm and fluffy function in, mm-hmm. in the organization. It, it's actually helping drive real business impact. So looking
0: at these tools then, these analytics tools, workforce tools that are more data driven, how do you predict, it's a difficult question actually this one, <laughs> to Think <of> it. <laughs> especially for this time in the morning, but how can you predict those changing? What do you think they're going to look like in a few years to come? What direction do you think they're going in?
1: I think um, like one of the I think one of the trends that will kind of be out there is is it more personalized solutions for employees within the organization from the technology or the solutions that are there. I think you only have to look at our, our kind of day-to-day life with iPhones and, and the like, like all of the apps that are out there are, are being driven to personalize the service or mm. the consumer experience that we're having. Um, I think the workforce and employees are expecting that as well. So I think that that will drive effectively what organizations need to do or, or the tools they need to have in place to enable um, them to retain the right talent and the right skills in the workforce. So kind of tailoring learning content, like I know one of the things that we're sort of trying to do and a number of organisations clearly already are, but things like an, an almost next Netflix style of learning content, which is tailored around data that is driven from the employee around whether it's their performance review feedback, it's their development plan, um, the sentiment that they're feeling at that particular moment in time, using all of that data to create effectively what that persona is of that individual and therefore recommending potential learning development solutions that actually is tailored to to that particular individual and creating kind of playlists of content mm. which will enable them to, to to kind of have it at their disposal at a click of a button as opposed to probably where a lot of organizations are which is go on our learning library search type in what you're looking for and it'll come up with a long list of different media that you could potentially select um so i think like that's a simple well a, a kind of simple example of how i think this more personalized tailored experience driven from the data and insight that an organisation has is going to be um, kind of the way people will start to move towards. It's a fascinating idea, absolutely. I, I really love the idea of a kind of
0: Netflix of, of learning content only because you know it's, it's this personalised idea which I think is so crucial, right? Feeling like the organisation isn't simply giving you this kind of blanket coverage of mm. this, this is what we think you need to improve. But as we're stripping it back again. Um, if an HR leader is listening, or a people is listening, thinking, "I love the idea of this kind of data-driven side of my um, my side of the business, of HR's side of my business," but I have no idea where to start. I, I, I have no data-savvy, you know, uh, skills myself or anyone I know. How would you recommend that they kind of get started? I suppose
1: <laughs> that is a tricky question for this time in the morning. I think yeah, so, I but I think, but but I think um, I guess in terms of kind of starting out, I think. Certainly, the way we, we went about it was, was trying to identify what's going to have the biggest impact from a business perspective um, and picking and choosing one or two pilot areas in the organization where you may have a bit of data um to kind of do the proof of concept of saying well look if we get this right what's the art of the possible that we can kind of move towards and like the predictive model was is is a good one where we kind of initially started with a a sales team in the uk bit of the business and and built it out from there to to now covering seventeen thousand people globally so uh, to me it's about picking and choosing ideally getting business leaders engaged in it, not necessarily HR being seen as as the leaders of it you need to kind of have that partnership with ideally a, a keen business leader who, who likes data who's, who's asking for it um, and then piloting kind of the two or three kind of initiatives or programs that actually are aligned to what that business leader is actually trying to do it sounds kind of obvious and, and basic but I think that's kind of the starting point um, and and demonstrating what the art of the possible could really look like.
0: Fantastic. Ollie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and I hope you can join us again soon. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HRD Live podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe on hrdconnect.com or via iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts for a brand new episode every week. See you next time.